Welcome to the Home Hour. I'm Kirsten. And I'm Graham. We're two moms aspiring to create elegant spaces and gracious homes while dealing with real life schedules, budgets, and children. Stick with us and we'll share and show what we know, what we've learned, where we've messed up, and how to fix it. For everything we can't make up, we'll bring in the best experts we can find. Merry Christmica, or as Graham likes to call December 25th, what's a Jew to do day? But whatever you're celebrating, if you like food, then this is the episode for you. This ain't your boobies podcast. Today on the Home Hour, we're asking the question, what Jew want to eat? We're talking to chef, blogger, and curator of all things Jewish and awesome, Amy Kritzer. Plus, sparkly 90s bat mitzvah invitations, Santa Claus yarmulkes, and the best brisket recipe in Texas. All that and more on this week's episode of The Home Hour. Welcome home. Welcome home, Graham. Welcome home, Kirsten. And welcome, everyone, to The Home Hour. It is the week of Christmas, so we decided let's talk about Hanukkah. (laughs) Genius. I love it. Okay. So growing up, this was known as, or Christmas Day was known as What's a Jew to Do Day. And you might not have heard of that, Kirsten, but um, we got you this You introduced idea. me to that expression. I did. And it, it's, it makes sense. It's funny. It's delightful. And so typically, I guess, in the kind of, this is not any kind of heritage. There's no formal rule set here. But, you know, it's a quiet day for those who don't celebrate Christmas. And so it's typically the day when you go to see a movie at the movie theater or maybe two, maybe a doubleheader and have Chinese food. And so I think a lot of people kind of uh, in the Jewish tradition are kind of versed with what to do to do day. Or also maybe it's just a day that you enjoy and spend time with your family. But we have a hilarious guest on today, Amy Kritzer, and she is the author of The Sweet Noshings Cookbook, and she has a blog. It's called What Jew Wanna Eat? This Ain't Your Boobies blog. And she's going to chat with us just kind of about her heritage and cooking and growing up in a Jewish household and really how recipes and food really spoke to her and her heart and um, just kind of passing on traditions from her families. So I think if you're looking for a way to laugh or just something while you're maybe chopping vegetables or wrapping last minute gifts, this is what Jew should be doing today. <laughs> she really did rock the puns, doesn't she? She's adorable. If you're not following her on Instagram, she's a great account to follow. She's really fun. Um, and I just like what she said, you know, Grim, half your family's Jewish, so you've been exposed to all this amazing Jewish food. Um, but for those of us who grew up, you know, in other religions, I'm Protestant. We didn't have that. And um, and I just love what she said. Like, everybody knows how to make lasagna. Like, everyone knows Italian food's awesome. Like, she wants to introduce the world to the ins and outs of Jewish cuisine and um, my mouth was watering listening to her talk about some of these foods and just being on her on her blog and seeing all these um, just delightful recipes. So uh, I love the idea of trying some new types of foods that maybe aren't, you know, regular staples in my in my um, routine. So I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah. And she talks about rainbow challah, which is unbelievable. And then it gives us an excuse to say challah. 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 We obviously enjoyed our time with Amy, and we hope you do too. And if you're listening to this the week of Christmas, Merry Christmas. If you just finished Hanukkah, hope it was wonderful. And we will be back um, after the new year with a bunch of new things. So we look forward to chatting with you then. But in the meantime, please enjoy this awesome interview with Amy Kritzer. And 
welcome Amy Kritzer, author of Sweet Noshing's Cookbook and the hilarious and fantastic blog, What Jew Want to Eat? This Ain't Your Boobies blog. We are thrilled to have you straight back from a trip to Israel. I cannot believe you have just risen and shown and connected so easily. So welcome, Amy. After a 10-hour plane ride. Thank you, Amy, for being here. And this is this is a really neat week for us because this is Christmas week, but we just have followed Amy's blog and her cookbook. We love her cookbook for quite some time now. And this is just kind of a fun little um, a fun little extra for our listeners and especially maybe for some of Amy's followers who just have that week. And it's kind of a down week, wouldn't you say, Amy? Yeah, going Christmas week, usually I'm recovering from the Hanukkah season. Um, maybe a little juice cleanse post latkes, but I love I love all the holidays. I just love celebrating, getting together with friends and family. So I'm all for any Christmas party the rest of the year. That's actually a random question for you. Do you yeah. enjoy being invited to Christmas parties and like Christmas tree decorating parties? Totally, I love any kind of party. Of and, you course. know, I think it's I, a fun. I, <laughs> yeah. That was it's a, a total opportunity. Yeah, yeah. I like candy canes, delicious. Like, why, why not? Um, no, of course. Yeah, well, I, I was just thinking growing up. So I'll just give you the background. My father was raised Orthodox. Um, I was raised on Long Island. My mother was Christian. Basically, that meant we just split it down the middle kind of and just had a complete hodgepodge holiday season. But every year, my father would invite all of his um, like very kosher Orthodox friends over for um, our Christmas tree decorating party. And it was like the absolute most fun because I just remember them being absolutely so thrilled, you know, to have the opportunity to decorate a Christmas tree. And it's the same way that if anyone ever invites me to come to their, you know, Seder, I just get like overjoyed at the opportunity. Yeah. I love, I love, especially I do a Seder every year that I've had everywhere from 10 to 40 people and usually only a handful of Jews. People just, you know, there's a waiting list for the Seder and not, not just for the Manischewitz because it's, it's a fun <laughs> holiday and it's a, I think it's a way to start like a discussion about about food, about religion, but in like an interesting way. So I, I love I love doing Passover Seder, especially. Okay, I've already yeah. gone off our interview topic list because I'm just so I know, fascinated. I'm like trying to follow Graham's outline. Graham, no, there's no, there's just, no outline. You know what? Let me just say what's really going on here is we are so excited to talk to you. Um, I mean, first of all, welcome to the home hour where we do things a little different. It's Christmas week. We're like, let's get the Jewish author on for Christmas. So that's <laughs> why just, not? Why not? Right. So, um, but your your blog is hilarious. Um, you are so fun to follow on Instagram, and I just love your whole perspective on on food. I mean, there's a lot of awesome food writers, a lot of food bloggers out there, but um, you have like a cultural element to yours where it's more than the food for you. It's it's a connection to the past. It's a connection to your family, to your religion, to everything. And I just, I love that you've given food another dimension. And I think that is someone regardless of, you know, their religious background or, you know, if they're, you know, immigrants from another country and that's what reminds them. I mean, we all just relate to that story so well. Uh, would you kind of talk a little bit about why food is like what you, you know, is your sort of um, avenue for that? Totally. It's something I didn't realize growing up. I didn't quite realize that connection. I grew up in a, a very culturally Jewish town. I wouldn't say there was a lot of observant Jews, but we definitely got off of public school for Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur. And you know, it wasn't like a weird thing to be Jewish, but I didn't consider myself religious. And then when I, I went to college and I was away from my family, I just, I missed like the holidays, the traditions, the food. And that was my way of 
of showing my Jewish pride was a bowl of matzo ball soup and sharing it with my friends. And I think you know people of all religions can relate to that. They have that that recipe their grandma made, that smell of a roasted chicken or a certain kind of cookie that brings you back to childhood. And it's just, you know, when I'm making challah, I can feel my my grandma making challah with me. And it's like, it's super powerful. And it's also something, it's a fun way to show other people our religion. I think when I started my blog, I, I was kind of wondering, you know, everyone knows Italian food. I make lasagna, I'm not Italian, but why doesn't everyone know kugel? Like, why can't that be a, a thing? So for me, it's just a fun way to share with Jews, non-Jews, people Tell all people over the world. Tell people who don't know Amy, what is yeah. kugel? Oh, cool. Okay. So it's a noodle everyone casserole. everyone should know kugel. Yes. They, that's a very good question. They should know kugel. The, the kind that I usually make, the, the Eastern European sweet noodle kugel, it's egg noodles. There's a dairy mixture. Usually it's um, cream cheese, cottage cheese, sour cream, very, very healthy and light, um, <laughs> some <laughs> sugar. And it makes this kind of, it's like a, you cut it into squares. So it's, it almost looks like a lasagna, just a noodle um, casserole, but it's sweet and delicious. And you're not sure if it's breakfast or dessert, but you, you know, can have it any time of day. You reminded me of my love of Kugel. I'm making <laughs> some. I love yes, it. I, that, yes. I was throwing a softball. I knew what Kugel was, but I'm. <laughs> no, that's good. Not everyone knows Kugel, but they should. They yeah, should. Just, um, and I love great. that idea too, because I've had um, people tell us we do it. We have a lot of questions about meal planning. And I've heard a great tip is like, say like choose you know one night's a fish night and then choose like ethnicities you know do like an italian night do an asian night and do a mexican night and that kind of helps you know set up your meal plan we i like that idea have, we need to get filled to fish night. for get filled to fish right there we go you've just taken <laughs> one day i i probably maybe go for more like a you know a sephardic whole roasted fish with it's a tomato sauce something like that maybe even though i grew up very ashkenazi i've what I've loved about my blog is I've gotten to learn about Jewish food from all over the world and how it's constantly evolving. So that's been really fun for me, even though I grew up with one kind of Jewish food, there's infinite different types. Now explain, so for anyone listening, explain Ashkenazi versus Sephardic. Um, like yeah, what, would so, you, what would be the differences, the primary differences? Like is one um, more plant-based? What What's the difference? So I think a lot of people in, especially in America, if you grew up in New York, you're, you think of Jewish food as maybe the delis, pastrami on rye or, I or something like that. So much. Yes, oh, I know. Man. Oh, <laughs> so man. oh, it just kills me. <laughs> so that's, you know, more of an Eastern European, Ashkenazi is an Eastern European Jewish food. So my family's from Poland, Russia, Austria. So we grew up with a certain type of food, but there are Jews that are from Morocco, North Africa, Spain, and they have a totally different type of food, more spices, more local ingredients. So what I like to do now is, you know, Jews live all over the world. I've traveled a lot. So I like to kind of combine some of the different flavors. You take some, maybe some, I was just in Israel, and as you were saying, you take some of the spices from Israel, or I was learning about Yemenite cuisine, which is a specific tribe, and taking some of their flavors and adding it to the Ashkenazi food and just making a whole new modern type of Jewish food. So I love, I love to do stuff like that. What a wonderful awesome. idea. Now, tell me, coming up for this week, typically, can you just, just give us a rundown on what usually goes down in your world on Christmas Day? Like, what's a Jew to do day? What, what does it typically entail? Dove, Chinese food in a movie, of course. Like, of course. <laughs> even like some of my Gentile friends want to do that now because it's like, it's so fun. Um, it's totally you know, so fun. Yeah, the world kind of shuts down on Christmas, which is nice. It's almost like you have no responsibilities, really, right? You can sleep in, watch a movie, order your Chinese food. We were talking earlier, I have a store, Modern Tribe, and we have a candle on there that's called Jewish Christmas, and it smells like popcorn and Chinese food, which I think is just <laughs> genius. I, wish, I did not invent it myself. I wish 
I wish I did, but I, I did purchase one that will be burning bright on Christmas Day. But, you know, sometimes I, one of my good friends wants me to come over her family's house for Christmas Eve dinner, and I, I'm honored to. I love, I love celebrating all different cultures, and I think that's how we can learn a lot about each other and realize we're actually all kind of the same. We just want to try, feed our, overfeed our children and, you know, it's get them to be happy. And, yeah, yeah. We so want to buy them I, a I lot love, of gifts than complain that they're entitled. I mean, it's right. like, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I love that. Uh, and yeah, also, and when we totally... yell at them, we want to be able to say, I gave you everything. Right, <laughs> right. You the world. <laughs> exactly. And you're totally right. We grew up with some really good friends. Um, we were Christian, and we grew up with some really friends who were Jewish. And every year, that was one of my, I mean, that became one of my Christmas memories, was going to their house for latkes and uh, playing the dreidel game. And it was just a blast. Like, that is one of my favorite Christmas memories, you know? And um, I love that. I love. I love that. That's so yeah. fun. So Now, will you do a weekly Shabbat dinner? And what does that entail? I, I do Shabbat periodically. I don't. I don't always do it, um, but I've learned to really like love that tradition. Growing up, we rarely would do Shabbat dinner. Sometimes, I think of our, our rabbi came over, we would do it, and it, it was something nice, but something kind of as, as a bonus. But now I think it, you know maybe because I'm an adult, I'm just tired. Like by Friday, it's just so nice to just chill, like make dinner, light the candles, eat some homemade challah. Um, so I, I've grown to really appreciate and respect that tradition. So I don't always do it. And I don't think it has to be the traditional roast chicken or, or what have you. You can kind of do whatever food you want, I think. It's more just being together with friends and family and just like putting your phones away, even just for a few hours and, and just chilling out. <laughs> now tell us about a little bit about your rainbow holla. That was like an internet sensation. I know. I, I was. It was kind of something for fun. I was just featured in Time Out Tel Aviv with the rainbow holla. And they said I was bringing sexy to Jewish food, which I've never... My mom's never been more proud, right? Spelling, <laughs> 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 bringing sexy to Jew to, to Kanishas. Um, but yeah, it was something, you know, I just, I love food to be colorful. And a lot of Jewish food is brown. If you think of, you know, it's brisket is brown. Kugel is kind of brownish. Well, it's like Kanish is brown. Right. It like, is like a little bit it's brown. brown. Yeah, which is okay. Brown food is delicious, but it's not always the prettiest. So I try to mm-hmm. add color when I can. I love that. Um, usually they're naturally... Actually- Oh yeah, took go, me to, sorry, She took me to a challah making class when I oh, came awesome. to to visit her last in Phoenix, and I love. And now I'm going to get this wrong because I don't quite remember it, but I remember when you make it, you pinch off a piece and put it to the side. Are you familiar with this? Or at yes, least that's how- so. Yeah, yeah, that's the more of a tradition. I think for more observant Jews, and I can't remember the exact meaning of that. But there's a certain you can't just make a small batch of challah. You're making a big batch of challah, and then you pinch off a piece. I'll have to. I don't remember exactly why you. Okay, wait. You guys, you guys are stepping ahead because I have to say I've always loved challah just because it's just delicious. But like, I had no idea, not being Jewish, the background on that, why it's special when you eat it. So let's start with square one, guys. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different traditions with challah. I mean, challah is traditional for Friday night Shabbat dinner. You bless over the bread. It symbolizes the food that you're about to eat, and you appreciate this food that you're given. I love the challah. You know, can kind of add different flavors to it and, and different shapes as well. For Rosh Hashanah, you symbolize, symbolically have a round challah, kind of the circle of life, you know, start anew. Rosh Hashanah is the Jewish New Year. So I think challah can serve different purposes for different holidays. And I'll, I'll play around with it. I've done more savory challah, more sweet challah. You can fill it. You do a six-strand braid, a three-strand braid, really anything. Anything you can figure out how to do can be can be a challah. I love That's that great. there's like a symbolism, like a different shape. and. 
Like that's just so cool, I think. I don't know, I was really impressed we went to the solid baking class because I was just, it wasn't just baking, it was like there was a lot of meaning behind it and I loved that, I thought it was really cool. Yeah, yeah, so I think, yeah, food, you know, like you said, it can taste delicious, but there's also a lot of meaning as well. Okay, so when you do the rainbow holla then, are you doing basically three different batches of different colors? So, yeah, so I just make one big batch of the dough and then divide it into six pieces, which is what you would normally do uh -huh. if you were doing the six strand challah. Uh, and, and then I just dye change. each one a different color. So I have like one that's red, one that's orange, yellow, green, blue, purple. And you can do it. People have done it for different like sports teams they're fans of or their school oh colors. So that's been really fun. And I want to try to do like more of a natural version one day too, because there is a lot of food coloring involved, but it's a treat. It's not something you're going to have every week. Um, but yeah, some people have made it for like gay weddings I've seen and like it's kind of just taken over. And okay, it, that it is, is so fun. Can we post some pictures yeah. of that on our show notes? Because like you got to oh, see totally. how pretty this is. This is really cool. Yeah, looking. yeah. Yeah. I feel like your rainbow hollow was like as popular as the slime movement. I mean, it really was, it was that big of a hit. <laughs> well, thank you. I think. <laughs> no, that's really, it's really cool. It's just kind of a fun thing that you thought, oh, that's really unique. I haven't seen that. Yeah. Before. Good. Thanks. Yeah. It's fun. And, and it's, what are, it's fun for kids too. Like a lot of people have made it with their kids, which I love. What about some, sure. do you have any other favorites kind of from your site? Any other standouts? Oh, oh, so many. Let's see. Well, probably one of my most popular recipes is um, I have a bourbon and coffee braised brisket that I, I first made is. I think 2013 when Hanukkah started on Thanksgiving, they called it Thanksgivinga. So it was kind of my brisket I love to make for Hanukkah really all the time. And I was living in Texas at the time where brisket is king, but yeah. usually it's smoked. So I made this braised brisket. I braised it. Usually you'd maybe do like a sweet red wine, but I did it in whiskey. Why not? And coffee. And my, you know, I think my, my Texas friends were a little skeptical until they tried it. And they were super impressed. And I finished it with some uh, cranberries, kind of give a nod to Thanksgiving as well. So I made it that year for Thanksgiving. And now I have to make it every Thanksgiving. It's become the tradition. Um, and now and I, a lot of people have made it like all over the country. And again, just not just Jews at all. So I demoed it at this. I was at a, one of the chefs at a food festival in Texas a few weeks ago. And it was hardly any Jews there. And they're all trying to get the recipe for my my take on my own Bubby's brisket, my grandma's brisket. So that was super awesome to see. I also liked your matzah chocolate fondue recipe. I thought that was cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> matzah does not get much of a nod. I mean, it's really not delightfully tasty, I must say. No. But it, but it has, it has a, there's a place. There really is a place. Like matzo ball soup, obviously, is fabulous. But yeah, I, mean, I, I remember. like matzah. Matzah brai is good where you take matzah and you soak it in like an egg mixture and then fry it is like delicious. We only eat that on Passover, but. I don't see why we can't have it all year, but yeah, Passover recipes are, especially does Passover desserts are tricky. You know, it's right. You can't use flour, which is the basis Lemonade, of a lot of yeah. recipes. So I try to think of things that are, would be naturally kosher for Passover instead of trying to tweak things, like trying to make a cake that wouldn't necessarily be kosher right. Passover, kosher point. Passover. Right. So I'll try to do like a flour with chocolate cake is naturally for Passover and it's delicious. So but you were ahead like of that. time for the gluten trend. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Yeah, if you're gluten-free on Passover, I mean, not all matzah is gluten-free, but it's a little easier to eat on that day. Um, so I did like, yeah, so it's actually a Manischewitz fondue. So I, lo I love playing with the Manischewitz wine. It's, I think it's fun. And it's Wait, it's a Manischewitz fondue? Yeah. So is this so a easy. savory or is this a, the chocolate, the matzah chocolate Oh, it's sweet. Fondue. It's chocolate. It's chocolate. Okay, Ooh, okay. I didn't even so you think add it. the yeah. wine to the chocolate. Exactly. Oh exactly. my gosh, that sounds. And so then good. you can dip in like marshmallows or matzah or fruit. It's so, so good. Nice. And it's easy. Like, yeah. And you're totally right. Having grown up Presbyterian, <laughs> I sent my son to a, a Jewish preschool, and then when Passover came, I had to suddenly 
you know, not have any flour, like you said. And uh, yeah, I, I getting creative with the matzo. But isn't creativity or isn't a little bit of restriction what kind of breeds the creative, you know, the creative cooking? I mean, totally. You're exactly right. I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, Passover cooking is so hard. And I love the challenge of it. For me, it's really fun to see what we can come up with with some restrictions. So I love I love Passover cooking and baking for sure. Okay, so how did you, are you now, how did you get in? Let's start from the very beginning, though, because I do want to hear how you started this this blog, how you started your Instagram account, you know, besides just, you know, missing sort of your family um, at college. Like, did you, did you start doing cooking classes? Like, what's, what, how did you get started on these delicious recipes? Yeah, so, you know, I always loved cooking and baking growing up, especially baking. My mom, my grandma are excellent bakers, blitzes, regula, the whole deal. But I never thought of it as a career. And when I was in college, blogs didn't even exist yet, barely maybe. So I moved to New York City after college and I worked um, producing conferences. So I was traveling the world, working with these executives to run these marketing events. And it was a really awesome job. I loved it. And then 2009 rolls around, the economy crashes, especially in New York was really bad. And I felt like I needed a change. So I picked up and moved to Austin, Texas on a whim. That kind of before Austin was as cool as it is today. And I, I loved that city. People were nice and it was warm and it was just, just a good vibe there. Mm-hmm. So I started working at a consultancy, which was a good job, but not as creative as my last job had been. I was missing the creativity. And I had gone into reading some blogs at the time. And I decided, you know, I should, I want to start my own blog. I want to be a part of this community. But I initially, Jewish food wasn't my first thought. I was going to do desserts. Like I grew up, especially baking. And at the time I was, really into baking for theme parties. Like I'd have my friends over for maybe a 90s party and I'd make like yin yang cookies or something for everyone. So something you know, I'd love to like have the, the theme to go with the dessert. So that was my first idea. And I, I told it to my brother and he said, you know, I, I don't think that's like not the best idea. I think you could do better. And it was his idea to do Jewish food. And living in New York, everyone knows about Jewish food, at least the Ashkenazi food, the Eastern European food I had grown up with. But in Texas, like, you know, I asked some of my friends and they didn't know that maybe they'd heard of matzah, but not really. And I said, oh, this is, you know, I'd love to share this with everyone. And I thought it was a good idea and something I was passionate about, but I never thought I'd maybe do it more than a few months. So I started doing a new recipe every week and I I quickly just fell in love with sharing the recipes, learning about photography. And, you know, I'd asked my grandma to send me a bunch of her recipes. So I started with that and tweaked them a little bit. I'm not really one to follow a recipe word for word. And Eventually, I just kind of took the ideas and came up with my own recipes and played with those. And after a few months of, of blogging, I knew this was something I wanted to figure out how to do full time. And I'd gotten an, an email from one of my blog readers that really like kind of set everything apart that she had grown up kind of Jewish and didn't really have much of a religion. And her Jewish mother had passed away when she was young and she grew up just kind of with nothing. So now that she was in her mid-20s, she was looking to kind of find her, learn more about her Jewish past. And like, she kind of remembered this, you know, matzo ball soup when when she was little from her grandma and she wanted to learn about the food. And she found my blog and made all the recipes I had made so far, which was crazy, and took pictures and sent them to me. And I was like, you know, this is like, I'm making a difference in my own way for for someone. So this, I was like, I got to figure out how to do this. So I quit my job. Started going to culinary school. You know, I got a job doing demos at a supermarket. I worked at a bar, which my mom loved. <laughs> and, you know, just kind of built it up from there. I, I entered my blog in this small business contest and was a finalist. Started getting more exposure from that. And this is the end of 2000, or I guess when I went to culinary school, it was 2011. So a while ago, and it's 
there wasn't like one big moment, but I just kind of kept growing and growing and getting new opportunities. And I just said yes to everything. If they were like, oh, can you do recipes for our brand's website? I just said, yes. Do you do videos? Yes. Do you do catering? Sure, of course. So I just did whatever I could. And if it was related to food and my website, and eventually I had the opportunity to do my cookbook, which came out last year, um, Sweet Noshings, which is all desserts, ironically, back to where I started. (laughs) And yeah, it's been it's been a kind of a crazy whirlwind, but also not so crazy all at once. You said something that really resonated with me. And I think that's just such a winning perspective and attitude is saying yes to everything, which I guess a lot of people have come to the, you know, oh, I've gotten to the, you know, I need to clean out life and kind of start saying no to things. But I think when you're trying, what I've noticed, it's so true. And that's probably what's led to such your great, great, great success. It's just, you were, you were willing to say yes to things and like take the risk and try something new. And that has never once failed me. Um, And you obviously seem to have really taken that and run with it. Yeah. I may say yes, basically if I, I would say no to something if I'm like, if it scares me, but something I don't think I know how to do, I'll, I'll learn it. I'll figure it out. I love that perspective. Okay. But speaking of saying yes to everything. So you, what, what do you want to eat is not your only website. You have a, you have a whole nother business too. Yeah. So yeah, last summer, uh, I had the opportunity to purchase an online Judaica store called Modern Tribe. So it had existed for nine years and the previous owner I had known just through internet Jewish things. And she sent an email out saying that, you know, she loves the site. It's she's built it to something great and wants to pass it on to someone else to take it to the next level. And she wanted to try a new challenge. And I saw that email and I said, I think, I think I want this website. I don't know if this is crazy. And I approached my brother about it. He's the same one that had the idea for the, what do you want to eat instead of a baking blog? So we bought this store together about a year and a half ago and it's just been going so well and it's so fun. It's got to be because yeah. if I'm telling anyone out there, so um, the site is called, um, what is Modern, Modern Tribe. Modern, Modern Tribe. Yeah, ModernTribe.com. Yep. Anyone, if you would like to just laugh for 15 minutes, <laughs> just go on and look at these like delightfully funny and punny and witty items. I mean, really, like it's like when you go into a, a Hallmark store and you pick up a bunch of cards and, you know, you just like are standing by yourself kind of laughing, reading cards. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I spent. You do that, you do um, that too? Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. I'm like the creeper in the store just like laughing or crying all by myself. So um, that's really, it's just, it's a delightful site. So I, I think you'll you. do quite well with it. Um, Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. I try to find products that are either, like we use a lot of small artisans I find on Etsy who, you know, maybe they're like this one woman who makes this clay Jewish food jewelry. She's an art teacher by day and food jewelry maker by night. So like, I, I love to use people that you can't get her stuff everywhere, maybe on just on her Etsy page in our store. And she makes a lot of products just for us. So I'll either try to find stuff that's like whimsical and fun or just beautiful, like things we have, um, Jonathan Adler, Kate Spade, menorahs, things that you want to display all year, not just take out for Hanukkah or Passover. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Lovely, you know, kept forever keepsake pieces as well. Although I do have a million dollar idea that we should talk about offline after that involves a line of religious breakfast cereal. Um, Oh, I'm intrigued. (laughs) And I love cereal. (laughs) Right. Start your Um, day off right with like a bowl of something, you know, maybe some like interesting passages or stories on the back of the box. Okay, Graham, you're giving away the idea we've been talking about. That's another idea. Now everyone's going to (laughs) know. Okay. So I want to get back to food real quick. You know, the food on your on your website is really, I mean, you know, the hummus with the charred tomatoes and, I mean, apple beet farro salad with crispy chickpeas. I mean, white wine, honey, and fig chicken. 
there's there's a whole world out there of, of culinary food that, that we don't even know about and maybe haven't even tried yet. Where would somebody start if they were interested in learning more about Jewish cooking? Well, I'm going to say on my blog, I think I've got lots of recipe ideas and I try to explain a little bit of the history with the recipes too, um, just in a fun, approachable way. So, you know, not just that you're cooking something that you like, but kind of the why behind it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I think some some basic recipes I love to do, we just, you know, in the Hanukkah season still, even though Christmas is coming up. So latkes are my favorite thing to make for, for Hanukkah. And I think you can get, I like to get really creative with it. And I'll usually do a latka bar Hanukkah party. So I'll make the latkes, everyone brings a topping, and then you just kind of get, get mashugana, get crazy and get topping with whatever you <laughs> like. So anything from like guacamole I'll do to different homemade jams. And I just did on my blog, inspired by my trip to Israel, uh, a latka topped with Israeli breakfast. So it has a little labna, yogurt, hummus, a spicy Ooh. condiment on it, like every, all this good stuff that you'd get for breakfast on a laka. Oh my gosh. Designer lakas. Are there any stores that do that? I mean, I know Kanisha's, we're going to talk about that. I mean, latka, like a latka boutique. No, I'm telling you, I'm like just, I'm thinking idea. money. Amy. You're, I think got we lots gotta, of ideas. Got- we got to go into business because nobody does that. I mean, it could be like the next bone broth. I think this brings totally. us to our lightning round. Kirsten, are you ready to explain our lightning round? Well, I, I don't think it needs much explaining. Lightning goes fast. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So okay, we're just going to yes. throw some questions at you and you just you just shoot out your answers. Okay, Amy? Oh, I'm ready. We're going to have to go back in time a little bit for some of these too. Okay. Okay. Best bar or bat mitzvah theme? Well, I, my bat mitzvah was in 1996. So I, the one I, went, I went to a 90s TV show theme, like Full House, Boy Meets World. So that was... That was an awesome, like that, I think it was even more awesome now than it was at the time, but for, you can, you can take this idea too, but I'm going to have a triple bat mitzvah for my 39th birthday and I might, I might theme it the nineties. So oh, like triple be, high. No, yeah. Is that triple yeah. high? Well, triple, right? triple, no, it's triple 13. Like triple 13. Okay. Yeah. 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 So wait, high is 16, right? Okay, high yeah, is 18, 18. So 36. Oh, darn it. So I can okay. Do a I knew I was close. Yeah. 36. Here go. Yeah. Okay. That's a lot of math. That's a lot of math for, but there's gotta be some, yeah. there's gotta be something good you could do with that one. Okay. Kirsten, do you get to say anything? Well, I feel like if I can answer them, I kind of want to. Yeah, do it. Okay, so I went to an Oscar-themed, um, Ooh, an Oscar-themed yeah. bat mitzvah where she handed out like Oscars to all the important people who got to light candles. It was lovely. Oh, that's that's amazing. <laughs> that's a good one. I went to one that was piano-themed, and the boy just played Ooh. piano. That's classy. <laughs> Mine was themed that was- candy. That's yeah, cool. Oh, this is Candy. funny too. Everyone, my gift I gave everyone was a Beanie Baby. Everyone got a Beanie Baby, if you remember those. And this yes. was right before they were like super like famous. So they were, it was just beginning to be a thing. And if you were a boy at my bat mitzvah, you got a tie-dye dinosaur Beanie Baby. And if you kept it in perfect condition, they're worth like five grand today. So you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome for coming to my bat mitzvah. <laughs> I don't know if, I don't know who would buy them. If you can find someone to buy it, they're worth five grand. Limited edition Beanie Baby. Pretty okay. much. And I just picked the tie-dye ones because they were the prettiest, not because I was trying to be like strategic or anything. A strategic with the Beanie Baby trade. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. All right. Okay. Best bar bat mitzvah invite. So I think again with the '90s, I liked the. There was ones that were like layers of paper that were like hot pink metallic, and then glitter, and then another layer of like really tacky paper. That was I, mine was classier. My mom insisted I go for like a classy pink rose look that I thought that she thought would would last the generations and and be timeless. But <laughs> but if I could if I could go back, mine would be just like eight layers of glitter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. That's great. 
Um, <laughs> and I still have, actually, I kept them all. So I'm in like my childhood bedroom right now, actually. I, I kept all, I just loved them. They were so pretty, all the invites. I still have them oh, all. Oh, yeah, you keep them, keep them in a binder. Yeah. The ones that yeah. are three-dimensional, of course. Exactly, so, um, yes. Ooh, Speaking of mine, idea. my favorite, I think definitely, because, you know, I was 13 at the time, so this was pretty cool. It was an actual driver who arrived in a limousine and delivered a box which contained a gunned teddy bear dressed in a tuxedo holding the invitation. That was yeah, it was pretty. That was pretty cool. I, I can't have to say that. Yeah. No, if I a know, driver shows up at my house to hand you deliver win. an invitation, yeah, you win. I don't. Have, I, I don't question, where do you where do you go from there? Whereas my grandmother I, would say, "Are they happy?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. That is the pinnacle. That is the pinnacle of your life. So yeah, it's only downhill from there. <laughs> what did her exactly, wedding look exactly. like? Is my question. Like, right, that's I a good point. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they're. I mean, I don't know. I had with the invitation. Yeah. I had honestly forgotten about the invites until you brought up the layers and layers of glitter. And then it all yes. came back to me. But I didn't think I have an answer for this question. I'm going to take it a different way and just answer whatever question I went to because it's my game. Um, <laughs> I remember my best favor was oh, yeah. uh, boxer shorts were super cool for girls in eighth grade. Totally. In seventh grade. And, uh, and so we got boxers that said Jen's bat mitzvah. And we all wore them under our dresses so we could, I don't know, like do some serious oh, dance yeah. moves. Cut it on the dance floor. That was floor. a thing. It was very well, well, that like was tube too. socks. Oh, tube socks are good too. And everyone had the t-shirts with like some kind of pun on them. You know, we were talking about the puns earlier. The pun bar mitzvah t-shirts are, every so often I'll like see one at Goodwill or something. And they're just, these are, they're just gold. <laughs> That's they collector's item. I love that. Yes. Okay, moving on. Yes. Favorite Yiddish word. Oh, I love, yeah, I love Yiddish so much. They're, like the words sound like what they are, you know? Like putts sounds like putts, but I think yeah. my favorite word is chutzpah, which is just nerve. It's just like it's it's even more than nerve. Like that's not quite a word in the English language to describe the the chutzpah that you have. But I think especially as like a woman in the business world, it's good to have some some chutzpah. Ask ask for what you want. Think you deserve what you you know. Do you deserve it all? So I like I like Nailed I like it. chutzpah. Yeah, I think that's an a plus answer. Thanks. <laughs> Mine is pisher because I think it's funny. Yeah. That's funny. They're all they're all good. Explain Yiddish is the best language. It means a tiny P E N I S, I guess. <laughs> We're a clean show here. It's like but it's like you can but the funny thing about it is that you can use it affectionately or you could use it like negatively. So it's a word that goes both ways and it's completely dependent upon like how you're saying it. Like I might refer to my son as like a little pisher, but like it's a nice way. Right, or right. I might say like, oh, he's a pisher. <laughs> good stuff. It's delightful. Good stuff. Square or round kanish. I'm definitely round. I didn't even know about square until later in life. Uh, I like the and I when I make them the round. I like I make them round. So round, okay. round it is. Yona Schimmel, New York City, round. Yes, agreed. Yes, I'm gonna go with Amy. She sounds like she knows her knish. Round. <laughs> I do. I love. I love a knish. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Best with, with mustard with golden yeah. mustard oh mustard mm -hmm. interesting oh yeah see i'll go Good. sour cream i always oh. I just like sour cream on everything i'm not mad about that i love and explain kanish so it's kind of maybe if you could describe it as like a jewish empanada it's kind of a flaky pastry dough um that you fill either the some traditional ones are like a mashed potato filling with caramelized onions schmaltz chicken fat you can use to make the dough it makes it like extra flaky um so it gives like a really rich flavor there's spinach ones, there's cabbage ones. These are some traditional flavors. Um, a kind of a meat, like a a chopped meat kind of one. They're all they're all so good and delicious and they're they're huge and they're so filling and dense. But you can but you can get really creative with them too. And you could kind of fill them with anything I think you want. 
Okay, and also our apologies to anyone listening who's trying to lose weight this holiday because, like, <laughs> I have been, like, sitting here, like, I'm going to go try that brisket and lakas, and I'm, like, so hungry, and I just ate I have breakfast. healthy recipes on my blog, too. Don't worry. But not in the quantities that I'm planning to eat them. Like, right, right. <laughs> this, is, this is true. This is true. <laughs> okay, best advice from your bubbe. Oh, she gives all her advice is so good. Um, but I think, you know, let's see. Best advice. You know, I think she, my bubby always finds the humor and everything. And I, I like to do that as well. She's very positive and she always has a funny story or a little funny anecdote. And even, even if things aren't going well, she'll, she'll find a way to make it great. So it's not, not specific advice, but just to, yeah, find the humor in every situation. And we're, we're lucky to be here. So I think just enjoy it. That's beautiful. Yeah. Mine was, you can always Thanks. reinvent yourself. It's never too late, which I thought that's was a good interesting. One. I was trying I like to that too. I think that's good too. Love that. Okay, Kirsten, are we just taking you out of this round since you don't have a booby? No. <laughs> you're you're rubbing it in, huh? <laughs> well, technically you have one. I just don't think you like ha- <laughs> I just don't think you have the booby advice that we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Best holla pun. Oh, you know I love the puns. I mean, holla. Holiday is always a good one. Happy holiday. It's one of my favorites. I think you can definitely wish someone a Merry Christmas with a happy holiday. Uh, let's see. <laughs> no, you have to answer one. Can't take them all. Oh, one. Okay, that's it. Okay, I'm done. I think I'm going to go with holla back, girl. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> Never ending funny. I love just, it. I love puns. Just the, just, I just like delivering the holla and saying holla. Oh, yeah, that is good too. That's good. That would need to like be there. Like it's not something you can just type. I don't think no, you have to. No, like, you can't. It has to have the hand it. movement, which I did by myself in my closet. So. <laughs> oh. All right. Okay. Well, anyone note. looking to try some delicious recipes, beautiful pictures, really just fun writing, and just an Instagram post, you an Instagram account you need to be following. Um, it's at what you wanna eat. Yes. Thank you. If you type in like what you like J E W, I think it always comes up. So. I'm the only one. Wow, that's like because you're so popular. Because she's so popular. Yeah. yeah just... <laughs> or, or so weird. Maybe. I don't know. That's one of those. Lockdown on like the Juda- the Jewish word search. I mean, that's like yeah. you're high up in Google. So if you could just put in what Jew, that's huge. I think so. It's I, when I came up with the name, I, it's not like the most easy to like say out loud to get people to, to remember. So. And then also your cookbook for, for desserts, Sweet Noshings. Yes. And... Yeah, it's all twists on Jewish desserts from babka to I have some sweet latkes in there, rugula, all this good stuff. Also very diet friendly. <laughs> and of course, and then once again, your your product website, Modern Tribe, for just a really yes. great moderntribe.com. Yeah. All sorts of things. Yeah, well, and we get a whole you. section of Chris of Chrismica items. So Oh, perfect. If you celebrate, if you're interfaith or, you know, like to celebrate both, we've got options for that too, which I love. Oh, we've had that Santa Claus yarmulke for years. That's just, that's the gift that keeps on giving. It it really does. I agree. Kirsten, in fact, right before the show aired, I just ordered some stuff with your name on it. So get ready. I can't wait. I can't wait. Thank you so much, Amy. We have loved chatting with you. And I hope our listeners um, this year's that you learned a lot and uh, really enjoyed as much as we do. Thank you for listening. And welcome home. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Toda. Thank you.